0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Hi, this is Jason from Memphis. In regards to your parallel investing, does that mean Steve has both an aggressive fund and a very conservative fund?
0: And provides unbiased
2: answers. Okay, first of all, the parallel investing. That means I have a number of programs, five. They go from very, very risky. Very, very non-risky. I put my own personal money in each one of those programs.
0: Invest talk, Over 30 million downloads and counting.
2: Hi, this is Chris from New York. I got 100 shares of ET,
1: Energy Transfer. I just want your thoughts on the company and the fundamentals of it.
0: Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-SHARK.
3: This podcast is produced by... KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. And of course, today and on this program and podcast, we're going to talk about stocks. We always do, everybody asks questions about stocks. But we'll also talk about the economy, what's going on, how to manage a portfolio. Anything you want to talk about financial, we'll talk about. It. Okay, and this all is is all pushing toward a goal of us all becoming financial financially free. Free. That means you get to decide your, to, for yourself what you're going to do in your retirement, even if that retirement means you're just going to continue working. See, and it's in your head. When your retirement is in your head. I mean, people say, well, I'm going to stop working. I, I just don't know if that's a good idea. I think, as I told you before, the definition should be I'm going to stop what I have to do and go do what I want to do, whatever that might be. And there's no age to it. There's no age. Why do you know people have 65 in their head? Because that's all Social Security's fault. When the 1930s, I think it was, when they came up with Social Security, they set a, a date to collect Social Security benefits, and everybody thinks that's the retirement date. That's just made up. It's artificial. means nothing. Anyways, I'm going to give you the facts. If, I'm, I'm, I give you my assurance that we're going to talk about whatever we discuss. We'll have I will give you absolutely factual information as I know it now. I could be wrong. That's always a possibility. So you know, anybody who says they're infallible, you know, you got to run away from those people because everybody's fallible. But so let's just make sure of that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up data on everything that you ask about, and I'm gonna go through the data in a you know fairly quick way, not necessarily in depth because we don't have the time. But I promise you, I will give you the absolute best information I can without bias i'm steve peaslee and of course i encourage you to contact me with your financial question financial and investment questions uh and we, the, you get to push the show wherever you want it to go you make the decisions not me so after i talked all about that stuff why don't we go ahead and start taking questions let's go ahead and take the first question that called in earlier
4: hi and justin this is tony from south carolina First off, I want to say thank you very much for the show. Really appreciate all your insight. I have a question about a ETF called SPXL. It's a triple leverage ETF on the S&P 500. I was thinking of buying it because it seems like that's a better decision than the S&P. So I would plan on holding the SPXL for the goal is forever because essentially you earn triple the returns. So I'm trying to see what are the downside, what are the risks with a triple leverage ETF? Just curious to know what your thoughts are, and uh, any insight would be really appreciated. Thank you. Bye.
2: Okay, this is SPXL. It's a direction fund, which is the fund family name, and it's the three times bull of the SP500. Okay, so that means it's going to go up three times as fast, go down three times as fast. Now, what are the dangers? Well, the first thing you need to ask yourself Well, how do they achieve that? They don't buy any stocks. There's no buying of stocks for this. There's no underlying ownership of companies. To achieve double and triple unleveraged returns, they have to have agreements with some parties on the other side to pay them when the market moves in one direction or another in some way, shape, or form. Okay, so you're not tracking. Don't people I think think that okay, it's just going to go three times the S and P five hundred. So I don't have to worry about it. Well, they don't own anything. Who knows if the other party can, can achieve what they say they can achieve? Okay, and let's tell you this. If it's three times the S and P five hundred, would that does that mean that if the S and P five hundred went down by two thirds? Since it's three times, its remember, it can go down three times as fast, right? So if, it'll go down, if it goes down one third, it's going to go down three thirds, right? If it goes down a third percent, thirty-three percent, that means it's going to go down ninety-nine percent. So if it goes down thirty-four, does it go down over hundred percent? If it goes down, if your investment goes down over hundred percent, does it go to zero, and you've lost all your money? How does that work? See, these are the kinds of questions you got to ask. Remember, you don't own a company. There's lots of risk. And really, you should only buy these things for trading, not for long-term. Okay? And plus, I didn't even discuss tracking error. Tracking error means it doesn't go up or down exactly three times SP 500. So I, I don't care for it as a long-term investor. It's not a good idea. Okay, today's trivia question concerns the topic consumer of consumer credit. It serves a purpose, and most people need it. That means credit, right? You have credit scores. So we're going to talk about that. That's going to be the main talking point. So what did the market do today? It was mixed. The Dow was down 68 points, and NASDAQ up 146 points, and the S&P up 14. So broadly speaking, the market was on the upside today. Pretty volatile, and it's interesting that one day the NASDAQ outperforms the Dow, and the next day the Dow outperforms the NASDAQ. I'm talking about percentage, not just points. And it's, it, it, I don't think it has a lot of direction. Now we have, we got, you know, the earnings season's in the the midst of earnings season. You know, have you heard much about earnings? Not a lot. Interesting that they're not getting a lot of information on earnings yet. I don't know. I'm not sure it's not being reported or we're not paying attention. I don't know. So I'm going to start looking into that. Maybe I'll have more for you later in the week. So why are we here today? Why am I doing this podcast? Well, I know you need and want strategies. Because we've got to deal with the market volatility. We have to learn how to do it. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. And we're ready to take your calls or anything financial we'll talk about. You're listening to Invest Talk. 88-99 chart.
0: For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations! You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line. 888 99 Chart.
2: 888 992 4278. My focus point today. It concerns five ways to squeeze every last penny out of your 401k. Now, having a 401k is great. I mean, 401K, 453, 403B, all those are very, it's great. they help you save for retirement because you cannot rely on Social Security. And Social Security was never designed, never designed to be your sole retirement fund. It was designed to help in retirement. You're supposed to take care of yourself. That's what it was designed to do. So, you know, 401Ks are great. We'll talk about that, how to maximize them. So let's go straight back to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, this is Jason from Memphis. I have a couple of questions. One is in regards to your parallel investing, when you say you invest the same as your clients, does that mean Steve has both an aggressive fund and a very conservative fund, as well as Justin and the rest of the group? Or is it each person has their own specific niche. I also have a question regarding XCEN, the Columbia EM Core X china Fund. Uh, Did some research on Morningstar. Seems like a good fund, but like everything else, it's run up substantially over the last year. I'm just wondering what a good entry point is. Love your show. Thank you much.
2: Okay, first of all, the parallel investing. That means I have a number of programs, five. They go from very, very risky to very, very non-risky. I put my own personal money in each one of those programs, and we all buy and sell the same thing, same percentage of stocks, same stock, same time, same price for everybody in each one of those programs. And I'm invested in every one of those programs. Justin has invested in, I don't know if he's invested in every one, maybe only several, I'm not sure, but I'm in all of them. And uh, any employee who who no employee invests on his own. He has to become a member of one of those programs if he wants to invest in stocks. Other than there are four one k you know, but yeah. So I buy the same thing, same time, same percentage. So my performance will be exactly the same, no matter what size of pro, pro, uh, what size of uh, account you have, portfolio. You know, I might have 100 shares or something. You might have 50 shares, but we both have 3% of our portfolio. I hope that's clear. Anyways, uh, uh, Columbia uh, Emerging Market Core X China. So, obviously, it's an emerging market fund without China. No China is involved in this. So, it's an emerging market fund. That's all it is. It's an ETF. Uh, So, it's bet on, do you think emerging markets... are going to gain more and more and more strength going forward. It's already made a pretty, as you mentioned, a pretty strong move up. So a good buy point is right around twenty six dollars, and that's at thirty one seventy three now. So I, uh, I, I, I probably I, I wouldn't be in a big rush to get this. I would not because it's already had a big run up. But I do think emerging markets is a place you want to be. I do. Have some exposure to them, to the emerging markets. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's, let's let's go ahead and get another question. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi,
4: Stephen Justin. Hi, this is Albert from uh, Washington State. I have a question about TSM, Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturer. I was wondering, I have a little gain from investing this stock from last year. Since the uh, all-time high in January has dropped about. I was wondering if this is something I should keep holding or something I should take profit now. This will be in my personal investment account.
1: If I take the profit, I will have to pay some capital gain tax. Thank you so much, Stephen Justin.
2: Well, check to see if you have any capital gain losses that you can take to offset any gain. This is Taiwan Semiconductor, TSM, Taiwanese maker of long mixed signal ISS, ICS is for fab chip. It's a chip maker, okay? Uh, It's a $620 billion company. It's huge, right? Huge, huge, huge. They're going to make $4.59 a share next year, up 15% from this year, and this year is up 12% from last year. So $4.59, the stock is at $121 a share. So that tells you, that tells you it's what, 30 plus plus. Times PE. The PE is 30. Okay? 30 and the range is 13 to 41. So it's really expensive. Now, the sales growth has been pretty spectacular the last four or five quarters 21%, 30%, 36, 45 You know, pretty strong growth. But semiconductors are cyclical. I think we are at the top of this cycle and I would probably take some profits off the table. I don't know if I'd get out completely, but I certainly would take some profits. Great return on equity, 30%. I mean, it's it's got good numbers, but it's just too expensive right now. Just too expensive. You've got to learn how to judge and evaluate costs of these shares of stock. Is it worth $121 when it's going to make $4.59 a share? Well, it depends on how much growth in sales to drive further earnings per share numbers. Well, right now, this growth of sales is pretty strong, but it looks like they peaked to me. For instance, I'll give you an example. Four quarters ago, sales growth was 45%. Three quarters, 36%. Two quarters ago, 30%. And the most recent quarter, only grew 21%. Now, that's only, but that's half of what it was. So it's peaked. If you're listening to Invest Talk, I'm Steve Peasley, and we already through the first core, right? So 2021 is moving pretty fast. With all the changes we see happening, it's pretty important to remember that during times of market uncertainty, the task of building your financial freedom must, must continue. You cannot afford to backslide at all. Your goal is financial freedom, and we require information and effective strategy. We should talk about it. Your participation is needed and desired. 888-99-CHART.
0: The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk
2: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to Jordan and Dana Point. How you doing, Jordan?
4: I'm doing well. How are
2: you? Good. Thank you for the call.
4: Awesome. So I want to talk to you about um, ExxonMobil. I bought it about a year ago, and it was quite cheap. I've done well since, and I've just seen the oil prices go up and up, and I'm wondering if now is kind of a good time to start selling off um, ExxonMobil and some of my other uh, oil and gas stocks.
2: Well, let me ask you this. When you bought it, did you buy it for the dividend, or did you buy it for capital appreciation?
4: uh mostly capital appreciation, the dividend has okay. been a nice uh,
2: little perk. Okay. The dividend went x dividend on February 9th. So if you bought it for capital appreciation, it has peaked, you know, in the $60 dollar area. Um, and I think you might you know you've seen some weakness. It's now fifty five dollars and seventy cents. so it peaked at what sixty two fifty five? I think it was an intraday high. And that's the peak. And I think you're going to get some sideways movement. You could get further weakness here, but you got to watch the dollar and oil prices. Dollar has weakened in recent couple weeks. That's supportive of higher oil prices. But the economic, if we recover economically, we meaning the United States and the rest of the world, oil prices are probably going to go higher. So I'm I'm hesitant to take some profits yet. But if, you, if you're, uh, you were just looking for the capital gains and you bought it pretty low, I'd probably take some of those profits. I don't think I'd sell everything, though. Now, let's talk about oil long term over the next 10 years. With the advent of the gas, uh, the electric vehicles, there's going to be less pressure on gasoline. But I still think oil is going to be pretty high demand because the rest of the world, as it expands, will need oil. Even if they go electric vehicles all the way, they still need oil. But it's, I'm thinking in the next few years, I'll probably exit my oil positions simply because I know it's on a downward you know spiral eventually. And I just don't know when that will happen. So I have no problem with you exiting some of your oil position. Okay, Jordan? Appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Eric in Virginia. How you doing, Eric? Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you for the call. Hey, yeah, I was um, curious about
1: Western Digital, WDC. Um, I know they're a growth stock, and those have been underperforming, but just looking at its um, earnings coming up next year, it looks like it's pretty underpriced. So I was
4: just curious if I was missing anything there.
2: Yeah, earnings are going to go from $3 this year to $7 next year per share. So that's a huge jump, and that's going to mean that this is a P.E. of 10. And the average PE runs from three to forty-nine. So don't think ten is super cheap. Not necessarily, because Western Digital (WDC) is a symbol. Makes hard disk, solid-state drives for a desktop and notebook computers, enterprise. It's a very cyclical area, very cyclical. So I think you're right at the, right near or at the high point, a point of seventy dollars a share. It could go as high as a hundred. And that would be the next resistance. Strong resistance is 100. There's a resistance here and at 100. So it, it, if I owned it, I'd probably cut, maybe cut my position in half and see if it could break through to the 100 area. But if it ever got up to 100, I'd probably exit it completely and get out. Eric, appreciate the call. WDC, everybody. Now let's see if I can fit one more in quick question here.
1: Hi, Stephen Justin. I was calling to get your opinion on the long term view on National Health Investors, ticker symbol NHI. Thank you. I look forward to hearing your answer.
2: NHI, National Health Investors, self managed REIT, real estate investment trust, that acquires and leases mortgage living facilities, uh, hospitals, medical office buildings, that kind of thing. I like the space. For some reason, I've always liked that space, probably because I'm part of the baby boomer generation and we're getting older and there's a lot of us. So we're going to be putting a lot of pressure on hospitals and medical facilities. So I just like the space. It's a REIT, real estate, uh, uh, you know, a a REIT is something that they have to pay 90% of their income out in the form of a dividend. So the dividends are usually pretty high. This one is 5.9%. So being a real estate investment trust, you you know that they're going to pay most of their money in the form of dividend to you, the shareholder. Now, sales of this particular REIT in the last few quarters has been going down. They're never really strong. And you really don't buy it for the sales. You buy it for the dividend. Now, the dividend and the price is $474, and they're going to make $527. So the price of the stock is high. Okay, so, but you're still going to get that dividend. If you bought it for the dividend, you just hold on to it. Okay? If you bought it for capital appreciation, time to take some profits. For American consumers, debt can have a big influence on their lives. Too much debt will put them on the path of bankruptcy while not enough retards their access to credit. If they want to borrow for buying a car or a home, you don't have good credit. You're not going to be able to borrow it. So debt does serve a purpose. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What was the average credit card debt of Americans in 2020? And looking back in time, when did consumer credit lending first become widespread? After the break, I'll also give you the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open. And I encourage you to give me all your investment questions. 888-99-CHART.
1: I'm in my early 20s, and I'm thinking of doing something that every article I read says not to. I noticed it took quite a fall. Yes, I know it's extremely risky. I
3: have a little mixed feelings about this stock.
5: And I wanted to see if this could be a riskier payoff in the long run.
3: For the unprepared investor market volatility around the world demonstrates risk.
5: It remains a very, very tough business.
3: But opportunities wait for no one, and now may be the best time in years to invest wisely.
2: We got a lot of things cooking out there that we that the market has to think about.
5: To invest strategically. We've moved very far, very fast. It needs to consolidate. KPP financial principal Steve Peasley and Justin Klein host a unique
3: Weekday finance and investment program and podcast, Invest Talk. Listen live or download the free podcast.
5: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It is official eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI
0: You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99
2: Chart. Okay, so I asked a trivia question at the break, so uh, right before the break. What was the average credit card debt of Americans in 2020? And looking back in time, when did consumer credit lending first become widespread? Okay, so let's look at the stats. Americans' consumer debt totals $14.27 trillion in the second quarter of 2020. $14 trillion. Probably due to COVID outbreak, overall consumer debt dropped in that quarter. Okay, the first decline since 2014. Okay, $9.78 trillion, almost $10 trillion, is mortgage debt. And that's up 70% of, of household debt. That makes up 70% of the household debt. The next highest debt category is student loans, $1.54 trillion, so one $1.5 trillion, followed by auto loans so at $1.3 trillion. The average credit card debt in 2020 was $1,624 per account, and $6,124 per household. So, of course, you know, if you have if you have a couple, they both have more than one credit card. That's how you get from $1,600 per credit per account to $6,000 per household. Consumer credit on a broad scale got its start in 1920s. Department stores began began offering installment payment plans. By 1925, more than 1,500 credit and finance companies were doing business in the United States. And by 1927, almost two-thirds of new automobiles were purchased on credit. And by the way, remember, that was a roaring 20s. All that credit c- contributed to the Great Depression. Now, it's a pretty long story, but I'll save it for another time. But I will tell you now that the company that today is traded on the New York Stock Exchange as, as MA, MasterCard, had its origins in the late 1940s. So there's your answer for the trivia question. Sergio Palm Springs, how are you doing, Sergio? I'm doing
4: great. How are you doing
2: today? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain.
4: Oh, my question is, I love you guys, love the show, excellent you. stuff you guys are taking out, you know, I love it. Um, but I do got a question. Sure. Well, other than FinViz and, you know, um, Amazon and, you know, I mean, Yahoo Finance and all those, what is another good source to kind of get a non-biased opinion on, like, companies I want to look up to, or look into? Well,
2: the difficulties you're going to have is to get really good information, you have to pay for it. You know, to get free information, all, the information's out there free, but it's all just you know jointed in different places and it's hard to compare one company with another company but if you wanted a good system the one I, I we like we use Y charts but well, that's Y charts it's very expensive okay on a monthly basis but another good one is called Market Smith I use that a lot for the radio show here and I think they're charging70 dollars a month or something like that and they have a very good system. Uh, but there's a number of them out there, uh, that, but you always got to pay for it, and that's the difficulty. Finviz is a website I've recommended before because it's a, one of the better free sites. Morningstar has, a pretty, Morningstar has a pretty good free site, but also Morningstar has a paid subscriptions uh, system too, which gives you a lot more in-depth information. So it depends on how serious and how much work you want to do, Sergio, and how much you want to spend. Okay? Appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, did you see um, the CPI and PPI numbers this time around? The PPI, Producer Price Index, reported last week up 1%, expected to be up a percent Now, that's prices at the producer level. 1% One percent at the consumer level reported today, two and a, two and a half year high, at six tenths of one percent. Six tenths of one percent. They expected it to be three tenths, It was twice as high. So we had a little spurt of inflation. We'll see if that has any any traction. Okay. Okay, you've got questions. Uh, Invest Talk has the answers. Everybody, let's pivot now to Oklahoma for an an auto sector question.
1: Hi, Stephen Justin, this is Andrew from Stillwater, Oklahoma. I was looking at Ford stock, ticker symbol F, and was looking at the news and listening to other people talk about on how that they could be going to a recent upside. I was wondering to see what would be a good position to take and when to take it uh, with them coming up with their new uh, electric cars. And was wondering whenever they, whenever would be a good time. Thank you. Bye.
2: Okay, Ford Motor Company, simple F, everybody knows they make cars. I mean, there's no, you know, there's nothing to surprise you there. Forty-eight billion dollar company, so it's big. They're not growing their sales. The most recent quarter, of December, sales shrank nine percent. The quarter before that was up one percent. Then all the quarters before that, for almost a year and a half, that shrank, 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 shrank. Sales. That's worrisome to me. They're gonna make $1.15 a share this year and $1.57 next year. So earnings are gonna spike. It was only 41 cents a share in the last year. So, you know, COVID really hurt them. Dollar fifty-seven. You know, in 2016, 2017, they made a dollar. $78.76 and the stock price got as high as $14. It's at $12.22 now. So they made a lot more money and it only got up to $14. So I'm thinking it doesn't have a lot of room to on the upside. I really don't think it does. Auto companies generally speaking don't have high PE ratios. So their range is uh, for 4 to 6 to 41. So I would expect Maybe a 10 PE would be a proper ratio. And that means the stock is, well, $15, $16 a share. It's a 12. So it might have some upside, but I just don't think it has that much of an upside. Okay, I think we can fit in one more question here. Let's go All take. right, Steve
1: Justin. Calling about a ETF, PAWZ, pause. It's a pet care ETF. Basically, I'm looking in my IRA to rebalance. I've been blindly putting money into a total market fund, and I want to maybe try and diversify it a little bit and put a small portion maybe 10% into something different such as the ETF. Based on reading about pet ownership over the past year rising and and just in general rising across the United States, and I think it might be a good play, but I'm just not sure how it compares to a total market fund as far as like a dividend and other things like that. So if you could just take a look and let me know what you think. Thanks for listening on the podcast.
2: Well, PAWS, P-A-W-Z, is a pro-shares pet care ETF, exchange-traded fund, so you can investment results corresponding to the fact-set pet care index. And the problem we have is it's not very long – this has not been around very long, uh, a couple of years. So, um, and then what it was, you know, a couple of years ago was, you know, at $30, 40 a share. Today it's at 74 because it's spiked since June of last year. From forty dollars all the way up to eighty, and now fall back to seventy-four. So I, I think it's gotten ahead of itself. I do like the space because I think people will spend any amount of money for their pet in general, and it, you know they can spend. They, my, my wife is one of those people. You know, when we had dogs, she there was no there was no limit to what she would spend on the dog to make sure the dog was healthy and happy. So. I think that's common. Though I do like the space, I just think this is a bit expensive. If I was to, if I wanted to be a buyer of this, I would wait for a pullback. And looking back, I mean, I would really, I really think you'd want to pick it up around $60 to 74 I think that's a much better price, right around there. And hopefully you'll get a pullback, but it may not. been marching up for some time. So, 888 charters is our number. 2021 is well underway, and we're seeing a lot of changes out there. So, I want to make take a minute, if we can, to discuss the benefits of our KPP financial. First, we're based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County. It's on the county between San Diego and Los Angeles. And thanks to technology, we can review your portfolio and offer strategic guidance and you never have to leave your home if you don't want to. Keep in mind that here on Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And that means we give unbiased answers. We don't buy someone else's opinion. We buy data, but we come up with our own decisions. We also practice parallel vesting, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves as we do for our clients. So we're pretty darn, uh, pretty darn. You know, we try to be as honest and fair as possible and try to be on the same side of the table as our clients. Okay, so if you're interested in having us take a look at your portfolio, which we do for free, we can do it through the telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. You can send us a message to investtalk.com. Send us an email. be happy to talk to you. Uh, Or you can call KPP Financial Irvine, California. And there's no obligation. Never is. And really, we do really want to help you. We (laughs) I tell people listen, they don't believe me. We do want to help. I know there's a lot of people out there that are struggling that maybe they don't have enough money for us to manage. We still want to help you. We'll help you. Now, we can't give you in-depth and we can't manage very small portfolios, but we'll still help, you know, give you some guidance. We'll do that. Okay, stay with us. The next question concerns warrants and taxes, and we will play it in one minute.
0: There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the InvestTalk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank, and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Beasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Kevin from
4: La Crescenta, California, near Los Angeles. I really enjoy the show. Thanks for putting it out every day. I have a question regarding warrants. For example, I have uh, QuantumScape warrants, and at some point in the future, I'm thinking about exercising them to obtain common shares. At that point that I exercise them, do I have to pay taxes on the gains that I made on the warrants for... Say if I had the quantum QuantumScape warrants at $10, and then at the time I exercise them, the stock is at $50, and the warrants are at $38. If I exercise them to obtain common stock, do I need to pay taxes on the gains that I had from the, the warrants, and then are the common shares purchased at the $50 in terms of taxes, does it reset the short-term versus long-term capital gains? I'll listen to your answer in the future. I appreciate your time. Thank you.
2: Okay, yeah, the, there is no capital. Okay, I'm going to give you the best information I have, but I reserve the right to be wrong. But when you exercise a warrant, that means you're buying the stock. There is no capital gains that you put in your pocket. So there's no gain if that warrant was 10 and the stock was 50, because the warrant only allows you to buy the stock at 10. Now you own the stock with a with a price of ten dollars. But if you exercise and bought it at 50, if you held it, there's no capital gains yet. Once you sell it, that's when your capital gains is calculated, okay? On the sale of the warrant. Okay? And long term versus short term, that's 12 months or shorter, or 12 months or longer, long-term versus short-term capital gains, starts when you exercise and buy the stock, the day you purchase the stock. That starts the clock on whether it's going to be a short-term or long-term capital gains. So if you exercise the stock uh, and you, you have a warrant of $10, you bought 100 shares of $10, you exercise it, and the price was 50 and then the very next day you sold it, that's a short-term capital gain because you would have to own it for more than a, a year plus a day to be long-term capital gain. From that day, you exercise the warrant. By the way, everybody, a warrant is just a right to buy a stock at a certain price. And a warrant usually has an expiration date. you got to buy it within a certain period of time. So if the stock price goes up, that's great. You get to buy it you know, cheap. If the stock goes pro- down, you don't care about it because you're not going to exercise it. Because why, why buy it, you know, for $10 if the stock is at 5 Makes no sense. Anyways. Okay, I might have to finish this after the break, but my focus point today concerns five ways to squeeze every last penny out of the 401k, out of your 401k. Okay, so 401ks. We've talked about 401ks, I don't know, quite often, right? Okay, so what do you need to do? 401k, 457, 403b, all those things kind of act the same way okay it's common for the employer to match to some degree match so you put in five percent they may put in a certain percent sometimes a hundred percent for instance many of them are you put in up to five percent they will put a maximum of four so if you put in one percent they'll put in one percent you put in two percent they'll put in two percent you put in three they'll match with three you put in four they will match with four you put in five percent they're only going to stop at four you put in ten percent they're only going to match it with four percent so maximize that free money. That's number one. Make sure the funds are invested. That's number two. Don't just sit there on cash. Invest them. And we'll get to the maybe the other three after this break, but we'll talk about it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve that financial freedom. I want it. You want it. We all want it. I'll wrap up the focus point right we'll after break. But get your questions in now, 888 99Chart. You are listening to
0: Invest Talk. It's Friday, and the COVID 19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow, so you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is here, and he's taking your calls. Live call Invest Talk eight 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 ninety nine chart.
2: Okay, so the focus point, which is five ways to squeeze every last penny out of your four hundred one k. I gave you the first two. One is to get your employer's match. The second one is make sure you invest in the funds. The third, monitor your expenses. Because over time, expenses those mutual funds that they're offering you can get very expensive and eat into your returns. Number four, read the fine print. How much are you actually paying for them to manage your 401K? I mean, you don't have a choice, but you should know what they're doing. And fifth, look into the Roth option. Sometimes you can, you know, many of the employers are offering Roth 401Ks in addition to 401, to a regular 401K. We'll take a look at that. Now, we should be able to fit in at least one more caller question before the podcast ends. Let's try it. Curious
1: on um, the spin-off or restructure and reallocation of some properties from MGM to the MGP growth properties and what upside or downside there may be there and if it's uh, something to look into. Thanks.
2: Okay. MGP see MGM is is not a REIT. It is just a company that owns properties and mostly in, you know, they have Vegas and You know, gambling properties and others. But the MGP is a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that owns, acquires, and leases large-scale casino resort properties in the United States. So, you have to find out what properties they own. Allegedly, they have a 5.7% dividend. They're going to make $2.60 next year, per share. And remember, a REIT has to pay 90% of that out in the form of a dividend. So, 90% of... $2.60 Of two dollars and sixty cents is $1.80, dollar uh, eighty. Uh, so two dollars and thirty cents or so, and it's a thirty-four dollars stock and two dollar thirty-four. It's, 30, it's what, about seven or eight percent? Yeah. So, you know, that dividend of five point seven is probably going to go up, five point seven percent, if the stock price doesn't it stays the same. Okay. Uh, so is it good? Well, I like REITs, and I think though I think casino properties is a good idea. So I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I would have to research every property that's in this REIT to find out exactly what they own. That's what I would do. See if those kind of properties are properties I want to own. Okay. Okay. Looking at the clock, I can still maybe can I squeeze in another one? I think so. 99 chart.
1: Hi, this is Chris from New York. Just have a quick question for you i got 100 shares of et energy transfer looking about by about another 500 more shares maybe if you guys agree i just want your thoughts on the company and the fundamentals of it thank you
2: Okay, this is Energy Transfer Limited Partner engaged in natural gas midstream liquid transportation and storage business in the United States. And you're probably looking at it because it has a pretty high dividend, $7, 7.6%. It's going to make a $1.16 a share next year. And it's an $8 stock. Okay, so can it pay 7.6? Sure, it can. It can. not uh, So I think the dividend is secure. But I'll tell you this. Sales have been falling the last three quarters. I mean, three quarters ago, sales fell 47%. Three, two quarters fell 26%. Two quarters, the most recent quarter, 27%. So sales are falling, and I would be a little concerned about that. Okay? A little concerned. It's a $21 billion company. I Don't, don't put all your money into this darn thing. But there's nothing wrong with the company, but it's got lots of debt. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would put... Much, I wouldn't buy more than three percent of your portfolio of this stock, and it's a it's it's a very cyclical nature stock. Okay, so E T energy transfer, uh, energy transport transfer, moves stuff around. Did you see that used cars are prices have skyrocketed recently? The average price of a used car is twenty thousand dollars. Why? Well, uh, because rental fleets, which makes up a large part of used cars, sold all their cars off when, during the COVID thing. I have noticed that, but because I've tried to rent cars twice, two trips, and found they're not available. Rental car companies don't have hardly any cars, so there's no supply. And demand is picking up because people are moving out of uh, the cities and into the suburbs, they need a car. Very interesting thing. So, And it's not going to stop. They're going to have a shortage of used cars. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and I encourage you to tell your friends and family about us, if you would. It's all free. Our podcasts are all free. We post the programs every weekday right after the show. So you can get the downloads anytime you want, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and investtalk.com. And we would like you to rate us. View and rate us. Independent thinking shares success. This is Talk. everybody. Good night.
3: And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.